Hello and welcome to the TT Daily Podcast. I'm Chris Pritchard and with me for day two, as ever, Steve Plater. Steve, how are we doing? Good, mate, thanks. Bit chilly? <laughs> yeah, a bit chilly now. When it comes, it comes hard, but you know what? Sorry, so, sorry, what? <laughs> The weather. Oh, the weather. Sorry, mate. Sorry. It's, it's getting late. With us is John Hogan. John, we saw you on the uh, the preview show. You're busy here working. Luckily, we got five or ten minutes with you to um, to give us a professional's opinion of what went on today <laughs> in today's... Oh, yeah. Um, Good luck getting that out. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, just finished my first evening doing live radio with uh, Chris Kinley, who I've been listening to for the last 20 years. So to get the chance to work with him... He's actually a legend, trait. didn't he? he? He said hello to me earlier, like he knew who I was. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a bit starstruck. Because <laughs> he, he, like you say, he's he's part of this TT, isn't he? He's, he's part of the furniture. Yeah, just seeing how he, you know, he knows absolutely everybody. You know, it's all of us know the first ten riders in every class, but he can dig all the way down the back of any class and find somebody to talk about uh, and grab their attention straight away. He's got a real skill on the mic. Yeah, he's a really good guy. Right. So let's get into it. Day two. Unfortunately, the sidecars didn't get out. Because of a delay initially for the um, for the for the solos, and then we saw a, a red flag incident right at the end of that session, which stopped it. Um, but let's take a look back at the start. Potentially, when I spoke to Glenn Irwin this afternoon, he said he wasn't going to ride today. Steve, you spoke to him, and you convinced him to ride. Yeah, <clears throat> well, probably one of the people that did. You know, um, I shot when I when I heard that he was possibly not riding. I just wonder why, because obviously for uh, any newcomer, it's it's so important to get out and do as many many miles as possible in as many classes as you can, just uh, for circuit knowledge, of course. Um, you know, and the the TT course, as you're well aware, takes so much flipping learning. But uh, no, fair play. I just said to him, look, it doesn't. Don't worry about your lap times. Just get out on the course and uh, ride around to however you can, however you can manage with what whatever's wrong, which turns out to be tendonitis, and um, and just relax and work on your bad points from last night and just go forward from there. I mean, I saw yeah, I saw him in the hospitality, and he said, oh, I don't think I'm going to go out and ride. He like you could see it. His wrist was so stiff. He he had an injection to try and calm that tendonitis down. So when I saw him on the grid lining up to go, I thought, you know, like you said, just get out, just put some miles in. But he ended up, he ended up doing all right. And well, the live stream, he looked like he was, he was pressing on a little bit. He set off like he'd left the iron on at home and just realised, you know, there was no messing around. Yeah. For whatever mindset he was in this afternoon, he was certainly ready to go on the line tonight. I think he matched his time from yesterday. Yeah, one twenty-two eight, I think. Yeah. What uh, what else stands out for you, John? Uh, Nathan Harrison, one hundred twenty-five yeah. mile an hour lap from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you know, he's raced the Manx before, but this is his first TT, so he's not classed as a newcomer. But effectively, this is his first TT, 125 mile an hour lap, and the biggest smile I've seen on any racer all day. It was amazing. I think Chris Kinley gave him his lap, so he hadn't heard it oh, right. until until we told him it, and uh, yeah, just lit him up. He was ready to go again. Mega. And then obviously the the big the big or is it big news? I don't know. But everyone seemed to be impressed again with the commentary. Was that 130 mile an hour lap from from Hickey? He didn't have a great start yesterday. Banged in a, a lap on the superbike and, and went that fast. W- was anybody expecting that? Do you think? I certainly wasn't really because you know I've been of the opinion it didn't surprise me that they were a little bit uh, steadier. 
yesterday. Um, that, than normal. Normally they get to around 128 on on the first day of practice, but obviously quite a bit steady yesterday. The fastest day, obviously David Todd was 127, but uh, it wasn't surprising that people were kind of taking their time to get uh, reacclimatized with the with a TT course. But um, however, it was a shock for him to get up to 130s pretty quick tonight. You know. I can hear some bikes coming. I think we've got the riders coming back now from that red flag situation. They'll be in a convoy system behind the travelling marshals, bringing them back in a safe manner before the roads reopen. So I think we're going to see a, might get a little bit of noise and quite a few bikes coming back very, very shortly. Well, I think if anyone was going to go out and break the ice for the rest of the riders to aim at, it was going to be Hickey, wasn't it, doing a 1.30 on, yeah. on the second night. And I think there'll be a few riders tonight looking at his time uh, and not necessarily aiming at it, but it will certainly give them the confidence that they might have been looking for to push a bit. But having the conditions that we had today, I didn't really expect anyone to go much faster than they went yesterday. Obviously, everyone's a bit more bedded in, but you'd think they'd at least match what they did because of the rain this morning. It kind of, uh, I think you spoke to a few people in the in the pit lane, and you know, it's it's the track had become a bit greasier and a bit greener again, and there was no real rubber laid down. So to do what he did was mightily impressive. Yes, yeah, the rubber the guys lay down that generates all the grip. And and for instance, back in 2018, when it's when it's dry and sunny for a full two weeks or at least a week then that um, puts an awful lot of rubber down on the, on the course and generates some great lap times um, but when you get rain in the evenings or mornings and so on um, that gets washed away so it makes it quite difficult but uh, you know and again tonight with the um, with being held back with the delay in the first start it's difficult for the riders as well to kind of get the heads in gear to go but obviously the Isle of Man has an awful lot of um, normal life going on not just the Isle of Man TT races and it was actually a, just a one of the public had a medical condition that we had to get out to and tend to so uh, unfortunately a 45 minute delay but that's that's life on the Isle of Man it is unfortunately so for the sidecars are they going to get that session sorted or do you think they'll they'll end up missing that session no, they'll give them some uh, some laps to kind of um, help out and to, because you know they 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 only really got two laps last night. Yeah. And some people not even that. I spoke to Molly earlier, you know, because I was down in uh, Parliament Square with a TV yesterday uh, for the session, and uh, was waiting for that KTM to come buzzing through, quite excited. But Molly never made it, and it turns out that he took the newcomers around. Uh, for one lap, pitted and had an electrical fault and couldn't get out for his practice. So it was, uh, it was a tough night for Molly. So, and there's plenty of others that had issues last night as well. Yeah. So building on this, John, what do you think we'll see from the from the solos tomorrow? Same weather conditions. It's looking bright. It's looking like it's going to be better for the rest of the week now. So if we see that improvement in the weather, do you think we're going to see those times pick up from everybody across the board? Yeah. It stands to reason that if the if the conditions are identical, they're off at the same time tomorrow evening. So it's not it's not like day one. Of practice yesterday where it was the middle of the day it's going to be that time of the evening there was no issues tonight i don't know if you heard steve if any of the riders can complain about low sun but usually in evening practice the low sun is the thing that's that that are uh, that can slow some of the riders down so uh if conditions are exactly the same you've you've got to expect maybe not maybe not hickey out the front to, to go much faster but everyone else is now looking at what hickey's done this evening and realize that actually they can turn things up a bit if they want to and and close in on that 130 so do you think tomorrow is the day when they kind of will start or will they give it another day before they start pushing i'd look like they were pushing tonight to me to be fair 
Yeah, in all fairness, I didn't really see that much coverage out on circuit on the cameras. I was busy talking to, <laughs> to a lot of the riders Doing when they were shooting to, for, a, for a pit stop. So didn't really see that much of the coverage. So you guys probably know better than I do, or all, all the guys at home do. But um, generally, what the guys are working so hard on the biggest bikes, the super bikes, you know, all the way through practice. And, you know, so important to, to get that package right because when you jump on the stock bike, they're pretty much the same kind of settings and you can ride the bike harder, easier. Mm -hmm. Not that it's easy for the normal person, but easier for a super bike rider to jump on a stocker and go quick. So they con concentrate heavily on the super bike because time runs out quickly and, you know, you only need a few stoppages or bad weather for a night or two and all of a sudden it really condenses the time down before that critical first race where they all want to be on the pace going down Glen Crutchery Road. Yeah, I see. And uh, we've just had all the bikes. I don't know if you heard that. We had that was a fairly big um, procession of bikes coming in then, weren't it? Yeah, very much so. I would say those boys are getting quite chilly cruising back oh, at bet. probably 60 miles per hour, you know, uh, in their vented leathers on a, on a cool evening. One person that doesn't have vented leathers, and he was complaining about it yesterday, was Dean Harrison. So I bet he's pleased that he um, he has got a pair of uh, solid leathers. What What's the, the situation with the, this when there is a red flag like that, do they get stopped at certain points on the track? Do they have to meet at certain points or do they have to stop where they are on the track and wait to be told what to do? It depends on the severity of the incident. You know, if, uh, the, if there are emergency vehicles tending somebody or something, a bike on fire possibly, or, you know, um, or a rider that's been tended by medical staff, it can be anything. It's sometimes, sometimes the machines are stopped and sometimes they can carry on to another point before they are stopped. You know, but generally, uh, let's say, I believe tonight, whatever the reason was, it was up on the mountain section. So they would, they would have been probably stopped at Ramsey Hairpin, where it's nice and safe, and they'd have to wait there until everything was tidied and clear before they can be convoyed back at the end by the travelling marshals. Nice. John, what's the, um, what's the gossip in the, uh, in the paddock? Obviously, you've been here for the day now. What, what did we hear? That what's hot? Yeah, what's what's the hot take from today? Um, I'm going to have to make something up. I Do think it. There's, Perfect. There's absolutely Let's make some no up. harm in adding a few sprinkles to any story. <laughs> I haven't heard too much today. I think people are trying to keep their heads down because yeah. of the fact that there is, uh, you know, there's a lot of new bikes in the superbike class in particular. We've had the you know the drama that we've all covered extensively with Dunlop tyres. Uh, I just get the feeling, and a couple of times I could see it in riders tonight, all they want to do is put fuel in these bikes and just burn some laps and get their eye back in. So yeah. uh, I'm hoping maybe tomorrow there'll be a little bit more to talk about, but from today I could just see people getting their heads down and, and wanting to get back into the groove. Well, that's kind of why I asked you what the gossip was, because I was hoping you were going to give me something that we could oh. carry on chatting about. Because, like you say, as although the session's been great, the, apart from that 1.30, you know, it's like you say, everyone's just been getting their head down and, and trying to get the laps in. Yeah, without doubt, you know, and I think the biggest thing for me when trying to grab a, a, a word with the riders when they come back, when the adrenaline's still flowing is I think their biggest issue at the moment uh, from the first th two days of practice is they've all forgotten how rough some of the sections are around the TT course. And I know there's been a lot of sections that have been resurfaced and looked after and, you know, and uh, made better for sure. But uh, those niggly points, especially from Ginger Hall to Ramsey, the guys really had forgotten just how rough those sections yeah, are. Yeah, you mentioned it yesterday with Josh Josh Daly. Did he say he had a... I saw you chatting to him on the on the line before he went out. Has he put a... Has he got a nut protector in now? Yeah, I'm not <laughs> going to tell you exactly what he said to me, but uh, <laughs> he said he's tucked away nicely and keeping it safe tonight. 
<laughs> a bit of duct tape. <laughs> Bless him. Hey, he was full of beans and uh, back to his normal self, so which is great to see. But even when I interviewed Molly this afternoon on the fan park, um, he mentioned that there's a, it, there seems to be, and everyone's complaining about it, the, or not complaining about it, just saying it's there, is that a brand new bump at Solby's arrived from, from nothing. He said, he said in the however many years he's coming now, I can't remember, 20, 30, 50 years now, Steve, what did you say? You say he's been here for 50 years, years. racing. But he said in all his time of being here and racing, he's never had to shut off down Solby Strait. And he said first time last night he had to shut off because the bump was so was so big. Yeah, well, it's, it's a little bit different, of course, to the sidecars anyway, because, you know, the amount of travel, they've probably got maximum 35 minute travel compared to the solos. And, yeah. it's, you know, I've done a lap on a, on a sidecar before and it is unbelievable. It feels like you're, you're riding on a solid rock. But here's the thing, he said he put it down to the trees at the side of the road. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but obviously the roots grow under, and he said it grows under the road. And when the trees are swaying in the wind, the roots can actually lift the road up. Well, I think, true you know, or false? It, all of the riders in all of the classes typically would come here every 12 months. So yeah. it, it, it's kind of like seeing a niece or a nephew that you haven't seen for ages. They've come back after no, a two so, or yeah. three year break. And, and some of these small problems that you might see every 12 months have had a chance to have two or three years of growth. and and they've turned into, into big problems. Um, just one on, on what Molly was saying. Uh, I don't necessarily know if it's a bit of gossip or not, but I was Ooh. earwigging on, on some of the chat from the Birchalls and the changes that they made uh, to their outfit that we were discussing in the podcast that we did the other day have now uh, shuffled up a new set of problems for them to deal with, which is they're carrying so much corner speed off corners that previously they weren't doing that they're now having to roll the gas to go mm -hmm. into corners that they would have been flat out before this so there's a lot of changes going on for all the riders in the sidecar class and of all of them they probably need more laps than anyone else and unfortunately at the minute they're suffering yeah so the plan for tomorrow potentially they could get an extra session or would they go out before the the no. solos <coughs> i'm guessing the clerk of course will give them a longer session that's right. what normally happens he'll he'll um lengthen their session and probably take it away from something else just to even up a little bit and give them some decent track time just on that note, I'm very impressed with you, Chris Pritchard. You oh, know, thanks, you're mate. a man of many talents. I didn't put you down as a landscape gardener talking about roots. And <laughs> <the> <laughs> Have you seen these hands? Look at look at these the hands. Road. Check you out. You They've are seen some special. work, haven't they? Hey, just on another note, you know, buzzing around the the course today, and and I've been shooting around a little bit around Douglas and various other parts of the island, and I cannot. I can't get my head around how busy it's going to be next week because today I've been queued up in so many different places, which is fabulous. It's great, and it's good to see so many people here so early. But what do you think, John? It's going to be certainly going to be so rammed next week and race week. I took a walk last night when uh, when everything had finished just along the prom, and it genuinely felt like race week. The amount of bikes that were just lined up, and it was almost like as soon as the last bike came in, the first karaoke cranked up down on the prom, <laughs> terrible karaoke going. All the things that you come here to see and experience on race week, we're already getting on, on day one and two of practice week. So everybody wants this, don't they? Fans, racers, everyone. Steve, I've got a competition for you for the, uh, the remainder of the podcast. Between me and you, who's going to find the fan from the furthest country to travel to the Isle of Man? I can start already. So yesterday I was on the bus with a guy from Zimbabwe and today I came up from Castletown in the car with Horse Saga and the guy was from uh, the guy was from another country in South Africa that I can't remember. Ooh, so there are right. guys coming from, you know, a long He's way away. He's come all the way from Zimbabwe today. <laughs> Who, me? Yeah, just flew in, yeah. <laughs> uh, Direct you've got to remember, these guys are coming for practice week. They're not even here oh, for man. race so, week. So the only reason I said that is because, when again, down at the fan park, guy sat on his own 
I, I said, you all right, mate? Where's all your mates? He's like, I've come on my own. He said, I've come a long way. I said, where'd you come from? He said, I've come from Chile. God. That must be... I don't. I mean, I'm not too up on my geography, but I'm sure that's further than Zimbabwe, right? I'll find out tonight and uh, and get back to you tomorrow. We have a. Yeah, we'll a pint is. on that as well. Yeah. A pint. Chili. I that's could Anna. be. I could be leading. That's how. I tell you what. Let's have a pint and a chili. <laughs> that sounds good to me. Right. Until tomorrow, Steve Plater. Thank you very much. John Hogan. Thank you very much. Thanks very Thanks much, guys. guys.